When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 319. Today's episode is all about the learning agreement, what your soul signed up for. The human experience can have so much pain and so much hurt and so much misery and desperation and grief and sadness and anger and rage. But once we feel the experience fully, and once we can observe the experience from a higher perspective, there is a transmutation that happens that allows a realization to emerge from that. Because now the experience has been felt. It's truly been felt and it feels complete. And the realization that comes with it becomes the gem, the gold nugget that we receive from it. And that soul experience is now complete. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. If this is your first time giving your mind a little love, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Mind love is a habit, and the more you give your mind that love and intention, the better you'll feel about yourself and your life. Plus, it's really a win-win because more subscribers means Mind Love attracts even more amazing guests to bring you their wisdom. So don't forget to subscribe. We humans spend a lot of time collectively thinking about what happens when we die. Is there a heaven, a hell, purgatory, a multitude of realms? Just nothing but the box we're buried in? But do you ever consider what of ourselves, if anything, existed before we were born? It was actually this question that originally broke me out of the cage of religion for good. If our souls are eternal, that means they've always existed. So our souls were here before incarnating into this particular body. And in relation to eternity, this lifetime is just a small blip. A blip that many of us been trying to get back to that eternal. So how would it be fair, or even sensical, for a god to punish us with eternal damnation for choices made or not made in this one small blip of a life? And if the soul has always existed, how many earthbound lifetimes has it passed through? And how do those lives come about? What if we actually chose to incarnate? What is a choice like that based on? What's going on in the world at the time of our incarnation? What our souls need to learn and experience to evolve beyond itself? All of the above? Seriously, what if your soul signed on the dotted line and said, all right, let's do this? A sort of learning agreement, if you will, outlining all the lessons that you'd take on in this lifetime. Welcome to the existential wonder that makes up the web inside my mind. <laughs> Personally, I find this idea comforting especially when I look back on some of those facepalm decisions that I've made and I think, well, maybe that was just my spiritual syllabus or something. But here's the thing. 
Many intuitives and spiritual thought leaders have discussed the idea of soul contracts. Take Carolyn Miss, for instance. She's all about these sacred contracts that we make before our earthly birth to learn certain lessons and fulfill a particular purpose. And then there's Michael Newton, known for his work in life between lives regression therapy. He teaches how souls make agreements before reincarnating to learn specific life lessons. Dolores Cannon, another past life regressionist and hypnotherapist, has spoken about soul contracts in her series of books, particularly in The Convoluted Universe. Gary Zukov, author of The Seat of the Soul, one of my favorites, he thinks this whole soul contract thing is a part of a bigger journey towards becoming the best versions of ourselves. Then there's Neil Donald Walsh, the guy behind Conversations with God. He believes that we have a higher purpose, which could be like an advanced version of a soul contract. Abraham Hicks, anyone? They're all about the law of attraction, but they also think that these soul contracts explain why we end up with specific experiences or people in our lives. Deannon Brinkley, known for his near-death experiences that revealed the agreements he made before being born. Brian Weiss also chimes in on this, known for his work in past life stuff. He suggests that we might actually pick some of the scenarios that we find ourselves in. And then there's James Von Prague, a spiritual medium who backs up this idea that we agree to certain life experiences before we hit the earth stage. And this is just some of all of those talking about the same idea. So what do you think? Is your life unfolding according to some celestial blueprint? And if it is, how does that make you feel about the choices that you're making right now? Got you thinking, huh? Well, this is just one of the things that we're discussing today. Our guest is Asil Taksal, an expert guide on awakening journeys, expanding consciousness, and integrating spiritual experiences. Asil channels transformational energy and wisdom from higher consciousness, fostering humanity's evolution. So three key things we will learn are why illness can be a spiritual and emotional teacher, and how understanding this can change the way you view your own health challenges. How even the smallest actions can have a ripple effect on the collective consciousness of millions. And why addressing your emotional wounds is crucial for a world filled with love and compassion. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Asil Toxal to the show. Hello, Melissa. So I love interviewing channelers. I've had about a dozen on by now. And I just love the idea of basically having a clearer connection to the wisdom that all of us, especially an audience like mine, I know a lot of us are spiritual seekers. So we've been working on that connection ourselves. But it doesn't come through quite as uniquely as it comes through you, at least not yet. So how did you become a channeler? Because your story is unique compared to a lot of the people that I've talked to. Mm, thank you. Well, 
I was in academics and then I started businesses. I was an entrepreneur. I was running businesses as, you know, one would do, <laughs> where society tells you, like, if you do these things, then you'll be successful and happy and live ever after. Somehow that wasn't really happening for me. So I had some level of success in that arena of human experience, but the happiness wasn't really emerging. So I thought, well, I'm going to look into what it means to be alive, what it means to be human. Where do I come from? Where am I going? What's the meaning of all of this? And I went to all of these spiritual directions that I could get my hands on. So I went really as deep as one can go in terms of spiritual seeking. And I tried to find as many authentic masters and teachers as I could to learn as much as possible, to really find myself. And as I was digging through my consciousness and through the universe as we know it, I stumbled upon an opening, a connection within my own consciousness. And that connection was to a higher realm of existence, beings of light, beings of incredible beauty and love for humanity. And they announced themselves with the names that we as humans have given them, names of angels and archangels, names of higher consciousness creators. And I thought, I'm not coming from a religious background. I thought angels were like an aspect of, you know, human creation to deal with reality. Because, you know, if you think there's benevolent beings that are watching over you, then life is a little bit more bearable, right? <laughs> so that's what I thought. It's like, oh, it's a cute invention. Why not? Like, let them have it. And here I am talking to these non-material beings. And they talk to me as if you and I are talking to each other. And they're blasting this powerful light onto me. So I thought, okay, either I'm going completely nuts, like I've done too much of the spiritual seeking, or there is something incredibly beautiful and powerful happening to me that I don't fully understand yet. Luckily, it was the latter, not the first. <laughs> and they kept on coming back and they kept on keeping all the promises they make and they said, you are finally ready for us to work with you to support humanity at a time of great awakening, of a time of great transformation. And my life changed from that moment on completely. And I surrendered to being a vessel of their work. So here we are. You talked about how you went to Kauai and prepared your body as a vessel for transmission. What does that involve? Well, that one was particularly intense. I would, <laughs> they would wake me up before sunrise. We're talking like five in the morning. I would get like this high pitched sound in my ear. I would get like a very clear, like, wake up now. Are you sure you didn't just accidentally have a baby? Because that's what I'm going through right now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I hope not. <laughs> Accidentally having a baby. Um, yeah, it was just like this immediate, very loud and clear, wake up now. And I'll just open my eyes. I'm like, it's still dark. Like, can I just sleep a little longer? No, they would be like, you have to run around the mountain. I was living in Marin County at that time um, by the base of Mount Tam. 
And they would say, you have to run around the mountain um, before the sun rises, and then you have to greet the sun when it rises. So there was like an element of physical preparation of building stamina and conditioning alongside with receiving the sun with its first light and really letting it in and then breathing exercises like you probably know some of these like yogic breathing exercises so some of the things i would be doing were very similar to that and then i would be put on a very particular diet that wasn't permanent but it was temporary so strict specific foods yes and specific foods no for a period of time and i eventually i started to feel more and more life force in my body more and more ready to get to what they wanted me to go to and then the answer was we have you will have you go to Kauai specifically i've never been to hawaii never been to Kauai, don't know anyone there. So I'm just being guided by these angelic beings to go to an island that I've never been to. And they said, well, everything is going to unfold exactly the way you need to. So one thing led to another thing, to another thing. And I got very, you know, interesting connections on the island itself. And someone that set me up with all the gear that I need to do what I call, I called it back then a vision quest because it was similar to a vision quest, similar enough. So this local guide, he sent me up the mountain and it's a dormant volcano that basically exploded at some point and ripped one side of the volcano open that became an incredible valley and it's the wettest spot in the world. So that swampland on top of that volcano is the wettest spot in the world. And somehow I was up there and doing meditations and transmissions. I was getting like the massive downloads and going on these incredibly long hikes into nowhere without a map, without cell phone connection, you know, like walking close to the ridge of the volcano. I mean, it was just nuts in itself, but it required a lot of preparation. That sounds incredible. Since you've been channeling and um, just exploring transmissions from higher beings, what it has been the perspective of yours, maybe about reality, that's shifted the most? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead 
start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. the perspective of yours maybe about reality that's shifted the most there is really so many aspects it's it's almost like i don't think i can recognize the perspective that i used to hold about reality so there's a lot of things that have shifted so i'll just list a couple that really stand out for me one thing is we are not a victim of life and we're not a victim of the circumstances that we experience. No matter how painful or hard these experiences are, they are truly meant to be an opportunity for growth and learning. And with all experiences in the human form, they come with important realizations, important learnings that benefit me my relations, and all of humanity as a consciousness. I've started to feel and understand that we are, the more we embrace it, we are actually conscious creators in this reality. We can create the life that we want. We can create the circumstances and the relationships that we want. But it requires a lot of work in, first of all, changing the way we perceive reality and changing the way we perceive ourselves. There is the human collective as a consciousness is going through a major evolutionary process. And we, the ones that are currently, the, I would say, the, the generation that's awakening, we are empowered and supported to support all of humanity through this awakening process. And what does that look like? It looks like that we need to evolve and grow in our own lives. We need to take care of ourselves with all our aspects of our past and with all the ways we see the future and how we want the future to be from a much wider perspective than we used to. And the reason our perspective of future is limited 
is mainly because of fear and because of incomplete traumatic experiences of the past. That could be our own past. It could be the past of our parents, of our lineage, of society, and so on and so forth. So everything that is incomplete is handed down to us for us to either to complete it or to continue living in the same fear that we inherited. I feel as a result of the work that I've been doing with the guides, incredibly empowered, incredibly capable, and incredibly abundant in both health and wealth, in both relationships and love, in both the experience of the human form, no matter how much I may perceive certain moments to be painful or difficult. So my perception of life itself, my perception of myself, my perception of relationships, my perception of love and the conditions of love and the unconditional nature of this earth's love for us has really changed the way I walk this human form, the way I live life. And that's something I'd love to give as a gift to everyone. So when we talk about making individual choices to aid in basically the collective ascension, what do we as individuals or what can we do as individuals to help aid this in the best way we can? So with regards to how can we help the collective, the work always starts with oneself. It's just the highest leverage place we can actually make a difference. It's, it starts here. So how can I become a more aligned and higher potential version of myself? How can I hold, receive and transmit this beautiful and powerful energy that is what the guides call the love of creation? How can a light move through me without being obstructed or distorted? And how can my love become more and more unconditional and pure in its expression? So it's really, that is the first place. If I can find myself in a deeper place of presence, in the present moment, in a deeper place of alignment, then all my relationships naturally will be impacted by that. And then it becomes a ripple effect, right? Like from my relations, something else ripples out into the world. And there are more, if there are more and more people like me doing this type of work, then suddenly uh, the quality of our interactions with each other, the quality of my interactions with this earth changes. My decisions and my choices will change naturally, not as an aspect of principle or as an aspect of someone else's laws on what to do, this is right and this is wrong, but as a natural internal alignment that feels true and resonant. That is the way I believe the greatest change will occur through internal adjustment, internal alignment. Now, when I go into a place of internal alignment, I start to feel an increase of energy, an increase of love and increase of care that naturally emerges, which directs me naturally to service 
because there is an abundant amount of energy that's coming through, that's wanting to be shared. And for those that are willing to receive, it becomes a natural exchange. And so service is a natural extension of a deeper alignment within. And it's effortless, and it gives more energy the more I share or the more we share. One thing you say in your book that I just feel like it's so important to emphasize is that you say how life itself is a purpose. And some people might be called to a deeper purpose or mission to fulfill, but life itself is a purpose. That took me a long time to understand. And I help a lot of people connect with a deeper purpose. But because we are conditioned through this lifetime, this ego structure, it's hard for people to fathom a purpose that isn't like career driven or uh, even parenthood, these very specific things like raising this child, creating this thing, changing the world in this way. But they don't see that just the energy they carry, like you just said, it has a, a ripple effect. And even if you never hold a job in your entire life and you're just wandering the streets barefoot, you have the potential to impact thousands, even millions of people. I have been reading a lot about Neem Karoli Baba, uh, who is Ram Dass's guru. And it's just incredible to me how this being had nothing but everything at the same time. He just preferred to wander the streets with his little blanket, take a bus everywhere. And it was always the people that were trying to keep him in one spot. Like, no, stay. We need to be near you. But he'd just walk into the forest by himself and come back out weeks later. <laughs> and so I'm curious, when you're helping people to connect with that idea of purpose, how can we get around that, especially being so conditioned by our ego? How can we connect with this concept that seems so foreign to us? The conditioning that we receive from previous generations and this societal structure and also education is very deeply ingrained in our consciousness. The way we work with that is we focus on getting ourselves as present as possible to go into a state where our sense of ego, our sense of space and time dissolves. And in that state of deep presence, where we become one and everything, there is a state of being that starts to impregnate our consciousness. It starts to dissolve these aspects of conditioning. Purpose, the way it is laid upon us by society or even our own beliefs, our own conditioning, dissolves. And we become present with purely the purpose of being a very powerful purpose just to be just to exist just to receive the beauty of being alive the beauty of being human on earth from that place there is naturally an emergence of a greater confidence trust and love a greater energy that naturally drives us to service, whatever that looks like. 
And service can be just being alive. And service can be walking the streets. And service can be being a mother. Service can be running a company. Service can be being a great sibling or a great son. So there is many forms of service. And it's not always, you know, your energy healer down the street or your life coach, right? There is many forms of service. And the purity of one's connection to the divine and one's connection to self comes through no matter what we do, even in a conversation, even in just a quick connection through the eyes and a brief sense of understanding each other, a short chat. So there are many ways for us to make a difference and there are many ways for us to be in service, for us to find our true purpose, even if it just means being alive. Can you elaborate on the concept of the learning agreement that souls enter before incarnating? So as souls, we are given the option to have a human experience. There are many other options and many other forms in this known universe for souls to have an experience, and it does not have to be the human form. The human form is a specific school with specific sets of uh, experiences that are possible in the human form. So when a soul chooses to be in the human form or is granted, authorized to have the human form, supposedly there is a lot more souls that want to have the human form than there are potential options. When we choose to have this and when we're granted to have the human form as a soul, there are options to learn specific things. And as a soul, I have the option to choose to say, I'd like to learn this, this, and this as concepts, as realizations, because I feel those are important for my soul. And these elements are granted. And reality, as we are living through this life, delivers a manifestation of a circumstance that when completed and truly understood and learned will deliver the realization that we were seeking as a soul. That's why I say that every challenge and every experience we're having is an opportunity to learn and to evolve. And some of these opportunities are soul learnings, deep soul lessons. We just have to surrender to really being able to receive that lesson because some of these lessons are not easy to receive. They're not easy to feel. They're not easy to accept. And the human experience can have so much pain and so much hurt and so much misery and desperation and grief and sadness and anger and rage. But once we feel the experience fully and once we can observe the experience from a higher perspective, there is a transmutation that happens that allows a realization to emerge from that because now the experience has been felt. It's truly been felt and it feels complete. And the realization that comes with it becomes the gem, the gold nugget that we receive from it. And that soul experience is now complete. 
We might have other things in our soul experience list that we need to go through. And sometimes these soul experiences can be multi-layered. So it can have, it can deliver an important realization, but then something similar might happen again. And then we have to look at it from a different angle, from a different perspective, almost to like relearn the lesson from a slightly different angle. So this journey of learning seems to be never ending. <laughs> I don't know of anyone yet that to me feels like they have completed learning. They have completed the human experience in that way. So every life experience, even the smallest interactions can be part of a greater learning as this reality delivers us what we need in order to learn. It may not always be what we want. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash MindLove. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. 
I have noticed that people seem to go one direction or the other with hardship. I'm actually reminded of Man's Search for Meaning. The book was really eye-opening to me. He interviewed different Holocaust survivors and, and really wanted to see what the difference was, where some people, the whole experience crushed them, clearly. I mean, in more ways than one, but they they their consciousness never quite recovered. They were very pessimistic, developed illness, whatever it was, whereas other people went on to thrive. And he found that the thread of that was those who chose to see a deeper meaning from their experiences. And what I see now is through whatever struggle people are going through, I, I've always tried to find a deeper meaning. But what's been transforming for me in the last couple of years is the gateway to that is more Whereas previously, I think I would get all in my logical mind. I'd be like, okay, well, how, how is this? What meaning can I find from this? It was like my ego took over trying to find the meaning. Whereas now, it's more like a surrender versus a resistance rather than a meaning versus not a meaning. And just the surrender itself is what opens up this a deeper meaning, something deeper than my ego can even comprehend sometimes. And so one of the things you talk about is how even illnesses carry deeper spiritual and emotional lessons. But that's so difficult for people because often when your health is suffering, you go into that state of survival. And I know there's a, been a lot of people that I've heard in just comment sections when I'm trying to see how to serve people. There's a lot of people that believe like that spirituality is for a different class of people because the rest of the people are are in their survival mind. It's hard for them to to even get there because they're trying to figure out how to put food on the table. But my audience probably knows by now I've been in a Ram Dass rabbit hole for like the past five months. Uh, I like to go really deep into each person so I really understand what they're about. But through him, I've heard a lot of stories of India. And it's just interesting to me how the Western view of that survival. Well, yeah, you can say that because you have this going for you and you don't need to worry about your next paycheck or whatever it is. But in India, there are so many people who, by our terms, would be in complete poverty, but they are on that path. They see this way that that we don't have access to. So I know that was kind of a long-winded way of asking, but how do you tap into the lessons for healing even if you are in a state where you're a little bit more survival-minded? The human experience is very persistent. The emotions and the physical sensations we have are very visceral and are very real to us. So in the moment of the experience, the experience itself, be it an illness, sickness, emotional experience, can be very intense. In that moment, it's hard to tell someone, well, meditate or do yoga and, you know, connect to God or to the universe and do this and do that because the mind is operating on a different level on the intensity of the experience itself. In order for us to actually practice the, the highest peak of the intensity of the experience has to move through us first, 
So in the peak of an emotional experience, in the peak of my anger, rage, or sadness, or grief, there is really nothing I can do but just surrender to the experience in the moment. Be fully immersed by the experience. I'm not going to try to suppress the experience. I'm not going to try to circumvent it or change the experience. This is what I'm having right now. And I'm going to allow myself to fully have this experience. And as this experience moves through me and the emotions move through me, there comes a bit more bandwidth and space for me to do something about what I've just experienced, to receive it and integrate it in a way that makes sense to my mind, that makes sense to my heart and to my body. And that is applying meaning to the experience that I've just had. How we apply meaning to it truly makes a difference. How well this experience gets integrated and how well it is received in our being. If we make it a bad experience that shall never happen again, and never talk to me about this again, then it becomes this encapsulated thing in our consciousness, being pushed into our subconsciousness, being pushed into our unconscious space. And it becomes the ever-growing dump of human consciousness. All the things over generations that we have pushed into the collective unconscious space that have not been accepted, that have not been received properly and integrated into our being to become an aspect of an expanded consciousness, an aspect of a mature consciousness. So here we are, consistently being faced again with challenges, physical, emotional, mental, energetic, and the opportunity remains the same. Are we able to receive the experience, feel it, observe it and come to realizations so that the next generations have a different base to live from. You talk about how the beings that you channel are basically here to aid in this collective expansion. But you also talk about how divine intervention is limited in a way because it's our jobs as humans to kind of move this forward. Mm -hmm. So what role does divine intervention play in this balance between free will and destiny? Do we ask for it? Is it there regardless? What's the way? That's an excellent question. And in some ways, also the paradox, right? So if we had unlimited time and resources, we would cycle through this human experience as many times as we need to, to learn as many lessons as we need to, until we feel we are complete as a human collective to have learned every possible lesson that can be learned in the human form. Fair enough? Our ability to impact life on Earth is significantly greater than it used to be we are able to end life, including ours, on Earth prematurely before we have completed a next milestone as a collective consciousness. So 
we are still in a very important learning process, in a maturing process, but we're also in a process of potentially destroying this environment that we live in, which has obviously, obviously a detrimental effect on all of us as humans. So the way I'm told is that the higher realms are assisting humanity in this particular time because we have to accelerate our ability to learn and evolve as a consciousness so that this evolution that we have as a consciousness changes our decisions we make as human society. And with these changed decisions, we can extend life for much longer. We can find a way to live, cohabited this beautiful planet with all other forms of life. One of the things that you had mentioned in your book, in the, the section where you're talking about how life itself is just, is a purpose. Life is a purpose in itself. But there was a specific direction in the ability to f love life as it is. That is fulfilling your purpose. So it's a very different than just being in a state of perpetual pessimism and hating everything, wishing everything was different versus being whether or not you're, you believe you're going out and touching individual lives or doing some big, grand, purposeful work, teaching people about things, just finding the ability to be there by yourself in your living room and love your life is this path to purpose. But one thing I think all humans struggle with is the actual idea of unconditional love. Like we can say that, but do I know anybody whose love is unconditional? <laughs> I don't think so. Even parents to children, there's conditions around it. Even if they'll always love their kid, like there's, I can feel when I go in and out and all of a sudden my toddler throws a glass at the TV or something crazy and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but what are some of the methods to transition from experiencing conditional love to unconditional love? That's a beautiful question. Thank you. When we experience the human form in the way it has been given, with all the emotions, with the physical form, with our relationships, we have sheer unlimited amount of conditions that are consistently applied to us. Everything from laws of physics to you know, everything, biology, everything that's happening, all the limitations we've got. So this dualistic experience of being human is a very conditional experience. So we want to create and we experience as humans, if certain conditions are met, my body relaxes and my heart opens. So there is a way that conditions allow me to open up and to feel love. That is the basis of conditional love. And it's beautiful, right? Conditional love works. And some people have more conditions on love, and some people have less conditions of love. Most people have conditions on love. And there are very few people that I've experienced that can truly say their love comes flowing through them 
It's beyond their concept of love and their concept of themselves. It's a flow of energy. It's a flow of love that just encompasses everything around them, including themselves. That is that incredible concept of unconditional love. The way I experience unconditional love is the earth's gifts to us as humans and to all life that lives on earth. That to me is unconditional. The sun shines on everything. It's an unconditional form of love. A mother that has just given birth experiences unconditional love to its child that was just born. So in those early moments of mother-child relationship, the love is as close to unconditional as one can experience in the human form. Now, when it comes to our experience of unconditional love, I have witnessed and found that place in really deep meditations of silence and presence. When the aspect of me that is a concept of ego, I, separate from other, separate from the rest, dissolves. When that concept of me, that concept of space and time and separation becomes no longer a thing. And I become one with everything and everything becomes with one with me. And I'm in a state of oneness that is held by a fabric. And this fabric we call the love of creation. It's an omnipresent fabric that holds all of creation together. And that to me feels like unconditional love. It's an energy that fuels everything that is. And when I tap into that, I know I'm held by this unconditional love. And when I can bring that into my conscious awareness, even after I come out of a meditation, and I can hold my consciousness connected to that love of creation, it can actually move through me, even in the words that I say, even in the things that I do, even in the emotions that I feel, this love of creation and its frequency will be present. You also mentioned that the empowerment of the feminine is critical at this time. Is that specifically female? Is it the more of the feminine energy that we all have? How, how do we empower that within ourselves? It's specifically about the feminine energy within ourselves. And the way I see it is, we are beings that hold both masculine and feminine energy as polarized examples of duality within ourselves. Just the way we hold light and dark within ourselves as well as polarized examples, right? We are dualistic beings. Yet through many generations and through the societal constructs that we have had, and through the educational conditioning we have received, the feminine aspects within our being have been considered somewhat as weaknesses or somewhat as less useful in the societal constructs and infrastructures that we have created. So the more masculine traits were rewarded 
and a lot of the structures are in, established in a very masculine way, talking about industrial revolution. So the way I see it is there are very important feminine traits that we are going to need if we are evolving as a society, if we are evolving as a human collective, as a consciousness. And some of these traits are being able to surrender. Some of these traits are being able to open, being able to find softness and gentleness when necessary, being able to find creativity and love in relationship, being able to find the connection of the heart to the earth, the connection of the heart to other people, people that are suffering, people that have done us harm, people that need support but can't ask for it, or people that are just challenged because they haven't really processed their own past, their hurt, right? So some of the most archetypical and potent aspects of these female or feminine traits are encompassed, for example, in Quan Yin, right? Or are encompassed in Mother Mary as beings. And of course, that's a very extended and very expanded version of it. But I do believe that we have the seeds of all of that within us. And if we can feel that, the world will change. And it will create a different balance within ourselves, within the masculine and the feminine aspects of our being. The final topic I want to cover is you talk about how as energy levels rise, we gain, we gain greater abilities to co-create our realities when we're aligning our heart, body, and soul, or our mind, heart, and body. How do we reach that point of alignment? What practices can we do, or how do we know that we are in that state of alignment. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is a lot of people come to us because they want to have a different life. They want to have a different reality and they want to be able to create the reality of their own choosing, which is not necessarily a bad thing because that is a very powerful place to be if you create your own reality. The most important thing is what is the consciousness? What is the person and the ego construct that is creating that reality? So if we were to have the capacity to create a reality by people that are still hurt in their being that haven't transformed their past traumas, what kind of a world would we live in if everyone could just create the reality that they want, right? It could include a lot of selfishness. It could include a lot of, um, um, you know, self-serving agendas and so on and so forth. It seems like we already have such a reality, right? So the first step is really finding a deeper alignment within. And the alignment within comes when we find more time for silence and presence. Now, you could think about it as meditation, but I think it is more than that. It's more of a 
certain practices that are integrated into meditation. But most of us, we have forgotten what it means like to be silent and to be present. Most people can't be silent for five minutes, can't be alone for five minutes. It's scary. And the thoughts that emerge, the emotions that come up, the body that speaks suddenly, all of those things are scary. So we have forgotten what it means to be silent and we've forgotten what it means to be truly present. And in that silence and presence, first, there's a lot of cleanup to do, right? Everything that's coming up in the mind and the heart, the emotions and taking care of the body. So there's a lot of cleanup to do. It gets better and better and better over time. So we find silence and presence much easier. We start to have realizations. We start to do healing on our past, on our consciousness, on our mind, on our heart, on our body. Things start to become more and more healed. And healing to me is a great alignment within. So we get into more and more and more alignment. When we are better aligned, it's almost like we're antennas. More energy moves through us, both from the earth as well as from above. And as this more energy moves through us, it supports a great alignment within. Now, from this place of great alignment, we find a place of greater trust because we can trust again life and ourselves and our bodies and our hearts. There is an energy that's moving through us that is magnificent. It's glorious. It's abundant. It's limitless. And from that place, to me, the main desire, <laughs> the main desire is to serve and to share this energy with as many people as possible. And to me, that is the creation of reality that my soul desires. How can I share this love and this freedom, this liberation with as many people as possible so they can become examples, an exemplary human being in their lives, in their families, in their work? Well, thank you so much for being a vessel for transmissions like these and for the work that you've put into it and and especially for this book for listeners that are interested in learning more about you where's the best place that they can connect and find your work the best place is the website that we have for the nonprofit that serves all of this work to the world and it's called evolution.one.one as one and evolution, just like we know about it. And that's the name of our nonprofit. On the website, there's courses, events. Uh, we have a, a membership space in which the community is open and receiving everyone that is interested and curious. We have hundreds of transmissions on our YouTube channel that are freely available. And we welcome anyone and everyone that is interested and curious to grow. All the links for this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 319. Your challenge for this week is just a little thought experiment. I want you to sit, whether it's in meditation or on a walk or wherever you do your best thinking. 
wherever you can most easily create space for new ideas. And I just want you to contemplate. If this life was just a stepping stone in a grander journey, what does that mean about the choices that you make today? Does that help you to find them to be less significant or more significant? If you're not just building a life here until you die, but you're actually evolving your soul to set yourself up even better for the next lifetime, or maybe to not even have to reincarnate at all, how would you change things? How would you change the way you viewed your own life? Something about this thought exercise completely changed the way I viewed my life. I used to think that I could hide things from the grander picture. That, okay, yes, overall my journey is fine, but this one little choice isn't going to set me back much. Now I see that every choice that I'm making is moving me forward or keeping me stuck in my own spiritual evolution. There is no hiding from that. Am I going to strengthen the pathways that make this journey easier for me? Or am I going to constantly resist the flow of life? Now, you might come to a whole different conclusion with this thought experiment. You might not come to any conclusion at all. But I do think that there's power in shifting your perspective about what you believe about the world or your life or yourself. What you believe about that so-called empty space that makes up 99.999% of us all. Is it empty space or is it the divine energy of life and love that's constantly filling us that we are either rejecting or embracing at any given moment in our life? Looking at it that way, it's hard to feel alone, isn't it? Let me know what you think about all this. Reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa. If you love this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. You can either tap the share button, send it directly, or take a screenshot and tag Mind Love Melissa and Mind Love Podcast. If you want to go deeper into a journey like this, consider the Mind Love membership at mindlove.com membership. It's the best way to have your hand held while creating a more intentional life. You also get exclusive episodes, over 100 exclusive episodes that are only for Mind Love members and premium members. And you get a bunch of meditations, worksheets, and other bonuses. So that's at mindlove.com slash membership. And all of my amazing sponsors are at mindlove.com slash sponsors. Be sure to check out that page because I have some pretty awesome discount codes. And that's all for today. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with MindLove. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 